This is the Annex, a sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohen from the City University of New York. Today we meet the gang from the Social Breakdown, a uh, sociology woo. podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah run, by, <laughs> run out of sunny Hawaii, three sociologists from the University of Hawaii. Ellen Miser, yep. Pen Pantum Sinchai. Wow, you're pretty good. Did I do I don't that? Think we've ever read our last names on here before. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just outed us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and Omar Bird. Yeah, you dig. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about their pod. It's a great podcast. Thank you. And uh, sociology podcasting more generally. Our discussion was recorded on September 16th, 2019. All right. Hi, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so happy to be meeting you guys. You know, uh, we were talking earlier with uh, uh, before the show. Uh, you guys started at the same time as us. It was mm -hmm. great yeah. from the get-go. Mm -hmm. I've Thanks. enjoyed your podcast. Uh, first, do you want to do you want to start off by introducing yourselves? Maybe tell everybody what you study or work on in your non-podcasting life. Okay. And uh, just you know, something about sure. you. Mm -hmm. Omar, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. As Joe said, my name is Omar Bird. I am in the PhD program at UH Manoa. And this semester, I plan on finalizing my dissertation proposal. Hey. And I broadly study medical sociology and how it intersects with the criminal justice system. Nice. All right. Hi, my name is Aileen. And uh, I'm in the midst of kind of going, trudging through my data mm -hmm. for my dissertation, which is on the culinary industry and our perceptions of success, averageness, and failure in creative industries like cooking. That's amazing. You Ooh. gotta come on when you uh, when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> That's so <cool. laughs> Yeah, the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. You got that down. Yeah. Uh, I'm Penn or Doctor Penn. Yeah. As yeah, people keep Dr. making Penn. these. <laughs> introduce myself as it still feels very awkward um but i graduated from uh a couple years ago now with my dissertation on internet mob justice and how people come yeah. together online to solve crime mm -hmm. yeah and i'm just an adjunct lecturer <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. that's it you're a sociologist is what yeah. you are and with a really interesting In topic thank you you gotta promise me that you'll if, if we can't talk today that you'll we'll talk oh, yes, later yes you'll definitely yeah, yeah it's a super a very very good in the unique uh, dissertation, <laughs> nice. to say the least. Very good. Give us 30 seconds on it, Penn. What, what is sure. internet mob justice? What are you looking at? So I looked at um, like Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter, various social media outlets that basically come together in this like very short, hasty time period, usually within a week or two, um, coming together to kind of invest some sort of social crime that's happened. So like the mm -hmm. Boston bombing, 2013 Boston bombing was one of my case studies, as well as the 2015 Bangkok bombing. I, those are my two big comparative studies. And I had a handful of others to, um, that I analyzed as well, basically looking at the trajectory of the online investigation and basically how misinformation and distrust and kind of like finger pointing was like a big aspect of all uh, these social media investigations and how it usually results in kind of innocent people getting wrapped up in these uh, kind of ad hoc investigations and kind of really um, swift mm -hmm. justice um, mm -hmm. perspectives and the relationship between the institutional like kind of mass media and also institutional authorities versus just like social media groups um that was kind of like how i mapped out their interactions and mm -hmm. they all actually play a role in misinformation 
So, yeah. and, and, and before we move on, if somebody's really interested in this topic, is hearing this and wants to just look up more on what you did, where mm. can they find you? Oh, I did publish a paper on it. Information, Communication, and Society. I published a paper in one of their special issues. Um, paper was titled Armchair Detectives and the Social Construction of Truth and Actor Network Network Approach. But if you nice. want if you want it and you don't want to go through the paywall, find Penn. Email Penn. Yeah. Email yeah. our, our website. She'll send it yeah, to you. Yeah, I run yeah. our email at the social breakdown, so if you email us, you're running into me. So <laughs> nice. Thank you. So the social breakdown, it's a great podcast. Do you guys want to let us know, like, what do you guys talk about? What's the podcast about who you're speaking to? Okay, so we all got together, same time as you, September 2017. It was actually right at ASA of that year, yeah. and we are talking mm -hmm. about, wouldn't it be great to have some sort of podcast or radio show where we could talk about sociology, um, but talk about it in a way that was really accessible and could introduce all of these really complex theories to the general public in a way that's not alienating, that doesn't use a big jargon. And if we do use a big jargon, we explain, you know, if we're saying institutions, what is an institution? We talk mm -hmm. about it, right? And so um, a couple weeks later, we, we started it. And so the social breakdown, we basically, if you want to think about it, we're kind of an intro to social approach to sociology. So um, we do a wide variety of topics. We try and make it educational, funny, and then we always will link whatever the sources we used, people we cited, articles we cited, we link it to our website. So it's a teaching resource as well. So if you use our, our, um, an episode, you can have your students go over to our website and you can find all the articles we cited, all the news things that we, we mentioned, etc. So we wanted it to be accessible, educational, funny, um, and just bring social to the general public. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think that with bringing it to the general public, it was this, this, this idea, and I think we all experienced this, one of our first episodes called You're All Sociologists, yeah. where you know, you're, mm -hmm. in, you're in the social world, you're a part of the world, and whether you're conscious or not, woke or not, you're all, we're all involved in the social process of making meaning and um, mm -hmm. knowing our world. So for me on a personal level and in school, you know, you're always, you're always told things like, when you're right, no one cares. When you're wrong, no one forgets. Or things like, I really like what you said, but it's how you said it. And I'm not sure if you're, you got to pay attention to your audience. So we really wanted to take a lot of the knowledge of sociology out of this quote unquote ivory tower and bring it mm -hmm. to the public. Because mm -hmm. these are a lot of the topics that we go and listen to and talk about at ASA or these conferences or in our own research really matters for individual people. We also didn't want people to get confused that even though sociology is different than psychology, we are also still very much concerned with the individual as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a terrific podcast. I Thank thought it you. was awesome right out of the <laughs> gates. Oh, First of all, who, who's the radio? Like who has the professional radio background here? Because it's Ellen. really well produced. <laughs> Ellen. That's Ellen. <laughs> and she wow. also wrote our jingle. Yeah, I did. Really? You know, so we had like a theme song from the get go. Like it was like actually like we had just talked about it over lunch. Just be mm -hmm. like, hey, wouldn't that be nice? And I was graduating, so I was really looking for a way to hold on to my like sociology, <laughs> like, imagine sociological imagination. Yeah. And um, and Ellen put it like 
just like put it together within a, two weeks or something. Yeah, not even. And then like, we're I recording. Went, I, we were just having a conversation over lunch. Like Penn said, I go yeah. home like a week we later, and I was like, "Hey, Montreal, check your email." And it was done. And I just had <laughs> a full email of like these are like fifty topics and like all these ideas we're going to do. This. I was like, "This is awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. But it, but it's a really good podcast. You know, sometimes we hear people express disappointment. Our podcast is terribly suited to the classroom. Like, it's not really intended for those purposes. Uh. And I always uh, put them to yours. And if you were looking for a podcast to write into your syllabus, this is the one that I'd recommend. Each Thank It's a you. series. For, for real, it is, though. Each episode is uh, centered on a concept. And it gives a really nice exposition, fleshes it out. There's great supplementary material. You guys are younger and definitely cooler than us. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you if you feel like your students aren't the type of demographic that don't want to hear middle-aged people complaining, <laughs> that's the, that's the one I send you to. <laughs> but off the top, if someone wants to get a taste of your show, can each of you tell me uh, what's your favorite episode and like what makes for a good episode for you? When mm. what does that have to be when you walk away and you're like, oh, that was hot. Mm. yeah we definitely have those like that was good that was good yeah i think it it really depends on like whether or not we had fun while we were recording it and if we're like laughing the whole time and if we were we know that it's it tends to be fun to listen to Mm -hmm. um i think another big thing is like whether or not we each individually learn something from the other person doing that episode Mm -hmm. so one of my favorites is even though it's not one of the highest most listened to was um, Penn did one or two part series where she hosted or was the main host where we talked about the dark web and I had no idea about the dark web and it wasn't it was sociological it had to do with communication it was about criminology there's all these you know it was just really cool to talk about it and so that was one that I really enjoyed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you yeah that was a fun one I think one of my I have two one of my favorites are the the intro, like the you're all sociologist one. I think that one, especially when I use it for class, I get the most like, wow, I heard of sociology, but I never heard of it that way. Mm-hmm. Or like didn't know we could apply it that way. Um, because I think even though we're being somewhat abstract, I think we tie like theory or the perspective to how people can use it in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Another one that I really like though is the, the cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. Oh, episode. it was um, Buddha that heads was and yeah, crosses Buddha heads and, yeah. and burning crosses or something like that. Um, and that was in our first. That was like our, our second first, or third episode. I yeah, think. it was yeah. our second or third episode. That was fun because I felt like we were having not like a debate, but you know what is cultural appropriation versus appreciation, and mm-hmm. that it seems to be what's going on in a lot of. Uh, current events and uh, social phenomenon now with who can wear what, who can say what, and for who and when. And mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I like the episodes where we're kind of debating back and forth where we can ask each other, like, well, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're all still um, students in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all educators, so we're always trying to find ways to talk about things. So one of my favorite episodes that we did was the model minority myth. 
Oh, yeah, it's a good because one. that was something that I know that one. Yeah, yeah especially <laughs> like teaching in Hawaii, a lot of our students are part of that model minority myth, even though they don't really know it. Especially like when I teach, because I also teach high school occasionally, and they have no idea until they realize, like, oh, you know, we're actually part of this. <laughs> we're all minorities here. Like Hawaii is a state mm-hmm. of minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found it really relevant to um, our current space. But I also really loved. Um, we also do breakaway episodes where we can do kind of more informal conversations like and it's usually just two of us instead of all three and Omar mm-hmm. and Ellen you guys did an episode on the n-word oh, and yeah. I think that was still mm-hmm. one of the most enlightening conversations that because you know and it's great that we can have this safe kind of educational space where we can talk about more gnarly topics mm-hmm. that you wouldn't is you're not you're gonna talk about over Thanksgiving dinner yeah. but it's something that we do need to discuss like why is the n-word so hard to use and why mm-hmm. is it like mm-hmm. Also, Omar's black. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> just, just disclaimer, anyone knows. Yeah, we can actually speak to that. And sometimes you just, you want to ask a black person about the N-word. Yeah. And it you can't in regular conversation. But, you know, in this kind of space, mm-hmm. it's nice we can kind of use each other a little bit. Also, mm-hmm. I'm Asian, so I can talk about the model minority <laughs> You know, they're very, they're really good vehicles for that because those were great discussions. I remember them and it's true. And if you're a white professor, you know, I just don't have, <laughs> I don't have the background, don't have the insight to be able to tackle these things capably mm-hmm. and, you know, assigning those types of discussions and then reflecting on them as a group from an outside position is one way that like the, these types of episodes are of value to uh, colleagues. Mm-hmm. I, they're really good. I also enjoyed Thank your you. Black Friday Oh yeah, that was oh, a fun yeah, one. That's a fun yeah. one. Yeah, that was all about consumer one. shopping. <laughs> yeah, because I, I also do a consumption study, so that was a fun one for me to put mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a question: Through podcasting, how has podcasting uh, shaped your work? Either your teaching, your research, or just your worldview? Like, has has podcasting had an impact, or is this more of a side project for you, an extension of you know your regular teaching work, mm-hmm. without much incremental impact? Mm-hmm. To be honest, this kind of, I guess you want to call it teaching or entertaining or whatever you want to call it, mm. is something I always felt really, really comfortable with and something I've always really, really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I've always liked talking in front of people or, you know, giving speeches or at high school, like I hosted my talent show and all these other kind of things. And it's, I think this rather than helped my work like this enhanced my work because mm-hmm. i i got comfortable with okay how can i say something to the public and that is like being able to do that is what i struggled with in my actual formal writing how can huh. i make the the limitations or the discussion part of the article or the paper more accessible mm-hmm. to more people mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely helped my work out in that, which is getting comfortable with trying to broaden the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like kind of going off what Omar said, like sociology is so jargony in a way yeah, that yeah. like I'm so embedded in the field now that I don't recognize it as jargon anymore. So doing yeah. the podcast has been really good at being like, okay, what is agency or what do you mean by institutions? You know, because mm-hmm. those are all words that we just like throw around all yeah. the time. Like recognize it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> yeah, and it's something that now when I teach, um, I always try to catch myself using those words and be like, do you guys know what discourse means? Like, what, mm-hmm. like that's a word that we also use a lot and we tend not to explain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really helped me to break down my teaching a little bit more 
and kind of think about it from a more accessible standpoint because that's really the the whole goal of our podcast is to kind of bring sociology out of the ivory tower and make it more accessible because it's so useful and Mm, i really think um, sociology builds empathy so i feel like that's that's my end goal when i teach is to make you a better person (laughs) (laughs) and in terms of how it's enhanced my life you know i for a long time i didn't recognize that I could use, even though we created the podcast as a teaching resource, because a lot of the episodes are distilled from my lectures, I never thought to use it in my lectures. (laughs) So it's actually only just this past year that I started assigning it to my students. And they're like, this is great. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, I didn't like I always use it as extra credit rather than actual lecture material. But they really, students really like the back and forth conversations and they're always like, who's Omar and Ellen? Like, who are these two <laughs> mysterious voices that like you relate to? Um, so I, it's now, it's like, now I'm starting to actually use it as a teaching resource and it's, it's mm-hmm. worked out wonderfully. So I really hope that we can continue to do the podcast and, you know, create more episodes because people are always asking us, have you done an episode on this? Because I want to yeah. t- use it for my class. And we're like, right. oh, no, we haven't done that yet. OK, you know, we'll put yeah. it on the list, you know. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of demand for these kind of like basic intro um, episodes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I would. I, I echo everything that Omar and Penn have said as to, you know, teaching and understanding or making things more accessible in the classroom when you're talking to students. I think it's actually helped me with my writing in a, w- a little way because, mm. you know, we edit our podcast so heavily. Like, we'll record, you know, an hour worth of material and it, we cut it down to 35 minutes. Mm. And that process is is very, very similar to when you're writing and you're looking at all this crap that you've put on a piece of paper and you realize, mm. oh, I don't need 40 words to say that thing that only takes five words to say you know so yeah Yeah. it it has I think helped in my in my writing and and it's definitely opened open doors for us I mean this is a great example us collaborating with you I never imagined that yeah we wouldn't have had this chance if we didn't have this podcast and we were talking earlier Joe and I before this all started and mentioned that we're going to be down in Portland doing a workshop where we're teaching sociologists mm. how to create their own podcast. So Amazing. Yeah, so it's like it's opened all these doors and and that's cool. It's cool to meet people through this medium. Yeah, we just need the money door to open. <laughs> I don't know if there is such a door, my friend. The mythical, mythical money door. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it exists. I want to follow up on something Penn said, though, because it touched on uh, one of my experiences with podcasting, and that's the uh, the monologue versus the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, and how developing or refining ideas in open discussion, even our spoken word media, right, like a panel presentation or a lecture, it's still effectively a monologue a lot like writing right and have you guys had any sense that like the dialogue brings out something different or has a different dynamic or oh yeah I mean we call each other out on things (laughs) that are not true or that we don't agree Mm -hmm. on I mean we do it in a very polite way because we don't want to piss any of any of you know each other off like because we're all like you too, Joe. Like we're all super smart. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, thank you, Ken. very smart. I'll say that as an outsider. You're very smart. So yeah. So it's like, you know, it's it's interesting to pick someone's brain about a topic that you and and like I'm not an expert on everything. Like I like mm-hmm. race is probably my my least. Oh yeah, me too. My 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 weakness, you know. Mm-hmm. And like Omar is a super race scholar, so I'm always like Omar. 
give me the download, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. it's so great to be able to turn to like our each of our expertise, like anything on sociology of emotions. And, you know, I just like Ellen, you know, tell me yeah. how, how to do this. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoy being able to just ask those questions and be the student. I think that's mm-hmm. super fun. Yeah. And to, you know, uh, if Omar says something that I never thought of or maybe I disagree with and I can always say whoa, 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 but what about this and then that yeah, spurs right. on a different conversation and a lot of times what I'm guilty of is I always play devil's advocate to things that are you know they'll say something that is very correct <laughs> and very politically correct and I'll be like but yeah. what about guns you know like I say so yeah. and then yeah. but the yeah, purpose but polygamists of polygamists yeah, you know polygamists yeah. 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 Like we have we yeah. have to for that for yeah. saying you know polygamy was you oh know, yeah we talked yeah, yeah we, anyway. we did get some blowback about that but you know and I do that with I always preface it by saying like that's not what I believe but there's a lot of people that yeah. believe in this mm-hmm. and we need to address it and so to have that have that conversation where we are addressing another side is I think informative Mm -hmm. and interesting and that's so funny that's the role I adopt too I think because you need disagreement to sustain conversation otherwise you're like well yep I guess that's (laughs) it we all agree Uh, yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) now what about the next 40 minutes (laughs) exactly exactly. that's the other thing is like we all have similar like kind of political ideological leanings Mm -hmm. generally so like we have to kind of catch ourselves on not engaging with that echo chamber and just be like yeah 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 we all agree yeah rather yeah. than having like an actual disagreement respectfully and i think that like having those conversations really good at showing people hey it's okay if you're not on the same page you can still like be humane about it mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i and i i totally agree and i think what helps is that since it's not necessarily live like we have time to edit and take out so mm-hmm. when we're sitting there recording, like we can, we don't have to be so conscious that as we're talking, people are actively listening. Right. So we mm-hmm. can just have our f- fact sheet in front of us of like what the episode is going to be about, and it's 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 like a it's like a weird like we know what we're talking about we're also learning as we're going, and mm-hmm. we can ask mm-hmm. questions, and then if it's just genuine and spur of the moment, we might get into a little back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I really like how you phrase like the dialogue versus monologue because it's like you, you might want to go all in and keep talking and keep talking, you know. But you got other, you got two other people, <laughs> yeah, who you're interacting with, and I think it helps that we're all part of the de- same uh, department and we knew know each other because I thought that was going to be an issue. Then mm. we're going to talk over each other, or one person is going to talk too much. But that <laughs> it, that's really never been a, an issue. I, I think we all work pretty well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're friends in real life, we're friends in real life. Yeah, yes. It makes it it much, much easier. Also, though, you can't do the monologue, like, uh, when you're in dialogue, I find even for people who aren't friends, like guests, Mm. you can't maintain the pretenses that people often maintain in, uh, in a monologue. You can't get, like, florid uh, or yeah. like you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who is this idiot? Yeah, yeah. you can do that in class. <laughs> yeah, because none of your students are gonna call you on yeah. it. But in real life, when you're with peers, people are like, who is this? You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and what ends up happening, I find through the experience of podcasting, like I've interviewed people, and their research comes across in a much plainer language and Mm. they just come across as much more real and earthy Mm -hmm. and you feel like you get the normal person speaking normally and the research becomes like much more accessible in a way Mm. yeah it's just because when you're in 
academia still and you're still a student that's what like the committee does to you they're yeah. like yeah but so what but what theory mm -hmm. but what analysis but what concept mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. what you know sociologists who you're gonna talk to who you're gonna reference and so it's like oh i got i gotta throw in all the big words i know so i can yeah, like graduate yeah, 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 exactly. and then it sometimes exactly. it morphs into something that you're like that's not really what i was going for i guess it works <laughs> but then yeah when you come out of that people actually ask you but what really was it about and you're like ah just yeah. crazy people on the internet that's really what my comes <laughs> <into>. <laughs> So uh, podcasting is, a, it's a new medium, a new way for us to exchange ideas, convey worldview. And uh, it, I guess it's still sort of developing its legitimacy as, you know, uh, as a serious medium mm -hmm. for disciplinary exchange and things like that. Mm -hmm. What do you guys feel? Do you feel like there's a big future like the, for the medium and the discipline? Is, is this the extent of it? Is there a lot more room for the medium to develop? you know, as a place for us to exchange and develop the discipline. What are your opinions on the future of podcasting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I was over at the uh, Pacific Sociological Association meeting earlier this year. It was over in Oakland and they mm -hmm. had a panel where there were four different people, all from different types of institutions. So one was like a community college, one was a teaching, one was a liberal mm -hmm. arts school, one was a research one. And they're talking about hiring and how to make yourself more attractive. And I asked them a question, which was, do you guys, when you're on hiring committees, do you guys uh, consider or value different forms of public sociology or of, you know, so basically, do you just care about articles and publications or do you care about mm -hmm. other things like blogs and podcasting and social justice work and community work? And they're like, no, we don't care about that. So no. <laughs> like, oh, wow. you know, they're like across the board, every single, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. because it doesn't, it doesn't advance your career. Like it if doesn't. you're trying to be a tenure track yeah. professor dude, yeah. you know, like you're just like, why would I waste my time doing that? Yeah. And that's, that's what all of them said. Even the community college person who said that they don't, they're not pushed to do any research once, once they get their job, like all mm -hmm. they do is teach. And that was just, you know, even though it's a teaching resource, it was not valued. And so I think, you know. That's super sad. Yeah, I know. It, it's sad. That just made me super sad. <laughs> we're like all podcasters here and we're like, yeah. oh. But when we're talking about the potential of podcasting within the field of sociology, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I, that, that signals yeah. to me that there is not great potential or not great value placed on it. But. Um, when we go out and talk to people, when people hear our podcast, when we look at our listenership and how many times mm -hmm. each episode has been downloaded, mm. and yeah. even just recently at ASA, we had a one of our colleagues who was on, on our show, Natalie, she was in the elevator at ASA, and a guy walked up and saw she was from UH Manoa, and he mm -hmm. was like, hey, do you know the people from the social breakdown. And she's like, yeah. And you know, it was just like, and he was a professor. It wasn't like and a grad student. He was a student. random person. He's a random person. <laughs> so when we think about kind of the general audience and, and people just out there, I think the potential is great. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of sociology and podcasting, I think there's so many different things that people could do. I mean, you're what you do, Joe, is great because you have all these different shows that are addressing all these different issues, black studies, mm -hmm. Spanish language. But I think like it would be so cool to have uh, one that's a narrative-based uh, sociological podcast. Another one, mm -hmm. maybe somebody could 
delve into the lives of some of the big sociological scholars. Like, it'd be cool to get one about W.E.D.B. Du Bois or, you know, like yeah. uh, Karl Marx. I mean, there's probably one on Karl Marx, but, you know, Emile Durkheim or George Zimmel. <laughs> like, that'd be so cool yeah. just to hear about their lives and their work. Um, so yeah. I think there's a lot of potential in that in that regard. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think, Alan, you pointed out the sad thing just about being a part of an institution is that it's clear that people are just interested in the, or not interested, just invested in the goals of the institution. Like, yeah, I might like your podcast, or I might enjoy public sociology, but it's not going to do anything to legitimize the research, because how do you draw a line between people spouting their opinion and their research? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you evaluate that? How do you measure that? So we can't it's we can't reviewed. say that yeah. podcasts yeah. are legitimate, but I do like and like as you said, like the potential is there. Like people enjoy being able to learn these things without getting into the the jargon that you know that Penn uh, alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's you know we we get emails from people from in the United States, you know, elsewhere, and mm-hmm. it's moments like that where it's like, oh, okay, you know, I can mm-hmm. speak on this topic that I just studied for you know all these books and all this language and. Now, you person who I don't know, 20 years old in some other place, can understand this too. I think it's at that point, once people just start to know more about our podcast, like I don't even think the professors in our department know that we all do this. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For a year, we like we actively did not tell anybody in our department. Yeah, we were really scared. Yeah. 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 I remember I was trying to contact you at the beginning, and you guys were like dark. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, who? I I was like, hey, you guys are doing this. I'm doing this. Let's chat. And there was like no identifying information anywhere. (laughs) That was on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Because we just like we didn't know what the response would be like. Mm -hmm. I think once more people know about it it'll it'll start to get more legitimate because i definitely think the potential is yeah. there mm-hmm. i think it has a lot of potential i mean first of all think of how many dialogue exchanges left their imprint like you know michelle foucault debates noam chomsky oh, that's, yeah. that's just yeah. that's a discussion <laughs> yeah. yeah right just on a different medium and they were established before or for example i know that smaller issues about the discipline have arisen and we've argued about them online. And if like the purpose of what we do is transmitting worldview mm-hmm. in some facet or another, we're doing it and we're definitely doing it to far larger audiences than definitely any of my publications have reached. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's very interesting. Obviously there's nothing like a well-considered empirical study that someone like invested two years to execute Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, of that level of contribution. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's doing like an invited paper theory piece where they sort of stitch together a lit review, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or like some salami sliced yeah. hacked data download. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's so much more valuable to the discipline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting when you're when you were trying to understand the soci- sociology as a field, it's like, what is the goal? And mm-hmm. it's like if we study society, but we never help society, that's a that's a really weird <laughs> way to approach mm-hmm. that, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why like we all 
were drawn to this idea of podcasting, even though our department and not it's not just our department, most um, sociology departments um, don't really emphasize public sociology. Like we had we only had one public sociologist in our program and one and he actually passed. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like there has been no replacement since. And as there, as well as there's no not been a lot of encouragement either. Yeah. So yeah. there there is the pushback in terms of like the traditional sociology field. But like what Omar and Ellen was saying is that we get such great feedback from professors, from students, you know, and just from like just super random people who are just kind of interested in society and sociology who find our podcast. And, it, it, you know, like we've been on summer vacation, so we haven't released an episode, a new episode mm-hmm. in, in like three months. Is that it? And yeah. we, we, we've gotten some emails being like, are, are you guys still doing the podcast? I miss you. Like, like, where are you guys? Like, what's happening? You know, so it's like mm-hmm. it's really touching to know that there are people waiting to hear from us and I think even if we don't owe it to the field of sociology we owe it to the audience that we've built up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, can I just qualify you guys have three public sociologists in your department <laughs> yeah. 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 thank you it's you guys that's true like, we, we're the pioneers I totally didn't think about that but it kind of reminds me like what, we were inspired to do this podcast originally when we at ASA, we went, Elle and I went to a podcast and public sociology talk that featured on the host of The Measure of Everyday Life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him. I forget uh, no. his name. Bowman. But anyway. I don't know, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Measure of Everyday Life, it's a, it's a radio program, sociology radio program, and he was hosting it. And the, it was just me and Ellen and like one, yeah, one other, other person. person. Um, oh, and so they funny. had the Audience. big room. It wasn't a small room. They had a big yeah, room. Yeah, it was and like a fifty-person mm-hmm. room. Three people showed up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that's just that's just, that's the measure of <laughs> sociology, like public sociology. And so I'm curious, like when we're um, Omar and Ellen, they're gonna go do this um, uh, podcast workshop this year. How yeah. Many how many people are gonna show up? Yeah. Well, the two years is a lot of time. Like the yeah. industry has matured a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the podcast medium has matured a lot. Very funny. Uh, our podcast was also conceived at the same meeting. Oh, uh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. The, the backstory on us was I was at the uh, consumers and consumption business meeting. Okay. Oh, okay. I may have been okay. in the same room. Anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> well, okay. So the backstory is, is we were they were talking about who if they could get a grad student to write the newsletter. Mm. And I put my hand up and I said, you know, if you just record those interviews, you can make them a podcast. And then the room went silent and just like, I felt all eyes <laughs> How on dare me. dare you? And I was like, no, I was like, no, that's when I learned if you propose something, you're volunteering for something. Uh. And then I was like, all right, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's awesome. I think you guys do great work. It's the Thank social you. breakdown. Yes. It's available yes. on better podcast platforms anywhere. How can people find you? Spotify, iTunes, Player FM, our website, thesocialbreakdown.com. We're on all the things in all the places. Yes. Okay, and on Twitter? We are SOC Breakdown, Soch Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook. You've been listening to The Annex, a sociology podcast. A special thank you to the Social Breakdown crew at the University of Hawaii, Ooh. Ellen Miser, mm-hmm. Pen Pantum Sinchai, mm-hmm. and Omar Bird. Yep. Their podcast is The Social Breakdown. Check it out. We're on the web, sociocast.org slash annex. 
on Twitter at Socianix and on Facebook, the Annex Sociology Podcast. Our producer is Liseth Moreno. The Sociocast team includes Jaylene Colon and Fazia Mohammed. Theme music by Lena Orsa. I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening.